Resurrection Assembly of God. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Yourselves turn to the the reading today. It's in Acts chapter 1. And as you turn there, I'm going to read you a different verse that is not from Acts. It's from Isaiah. Don't open to Isaiah, just open to Acts, but I'm going to read this to you. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Today is Ascension Sunday. It's the last Sunday of Easter. Last Thursday was Ascension Day. That's the day that marks Christ's exaltation to the right hand of the Father. The day that begins the countdown to the day of Pentecost. And this 10-day stretch is a time to contemplate and a time to practice waiting on the Lord. Because saints, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Waiting is a discipline. It's a discipline that grows good fruit. It's a discipline which strengthens our capacity for hope and for faith. So as we approach the scriptures and remember Christ's ascension, don't hurry through the waiting. Because even in that tension of the not yet of God's kingdom, God speaks, God moves, and growth happens. So, Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Let's learn together how to better wait on the Lord so we too can sing with the prophet of our strength renewed. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. All of these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your good word. We thank you for your timing. We thank you that you are sovereign and have appointed times and seasons for every good purpose. Pour out your spirit on us as we wait upon you. And as we wait upon you, grow in us that good fruit of your spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And in every season, May you be glorified. Amen. Church, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. He's not just risen from the grave, but he has been exalted to the right hand of the Father. There is much to say in the ascension of Christ, how everything is now beneath his feet how he has once again been glorified with the Father as he was before his incarnation. How his ascension is a claim to his ultimate authority and a proof of the promise to us that Christ truly is the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and his kingdom is coming. Surely there is much to say. But today, as we look to the ascension, we reflect on what it means to wait upon the Lord, as his disciples did. First, Christ is risen, and his kingdom is coming. We can go back to verse 9. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Church, Christ is risen, and just as the angels who stood beside those disciples said, 
Just as Jesus himself said, he will come again. This is the promise we have. As we with the disciples watch the Lord ascend into the heavens, even though we may not see it right now with our eyes, I know we can find ourselves gazing up, looking for Christ, sometimes wondering if he's left us here all alone. But when Jesus sat with the disciples before his crucifixion, he told them, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, surely I will come for you. In fact, it is the very start of this passage that points us back to this reality. The disciples who have spent the last 40 days with the resurrected Lord, who has opened up the scriptures to them, who has prepared them for what is, com- what is to come next, ask, so Jesus, when are you going to reinstate the kingdom? Is it now? Church, this is important. You won't understand the Bible as well as you could if you do not understand this cry of Israel's heart. Israel had been exiled and colonized and longed for return, for a reestablishment of the Davidic kingdom and the covenant that they had shared with God. But Jesus did not just come to play politics for the nation of Israel, or to return just this one nation from exile. He came to draw all men unto him, from every nation, from every tribe, from every tongue. He came to establish the kingdom of heaven that had been rent apart from the good creation in that very first exile at the fall in Eden. And Jesus' ascension is an ascension to the throne of this kingdom of heaven, which in Christ will be rejoined with the estranged and exiled creation. That is why we pray with our Lord, your kingdom come, because the kingdom is coming back. Church, God's kingdom is coming, and with it, perfect restoration, perfect healing, perfect peace, and the good and perfect rest that such a kingdom produces. Church, we are waiting on God's perfect kingdom to be fully established on earth as it is in heaven. We are waiting for the doors of that throne room to open for the river of life to flow from its courts and renew all things. Knowing what we are waiting for is really important in waiting well. Because it removes the need for us to worry or fear. We do not wait for uncertainty. We do not wait for more despair. We do not wait For the unknown, we wait for that divine mystery that has been revealed to us in Christ, and we await it to be established once and for all. We wait for the hope of resurrection 
of peace, of flourishing, of life abundantly in the beauty of the triune God. We wait for sin and death to be banished forevermore. We aren't just waiting for another imperfect king and another imperfect kingdom. Church, if we want to wait upon the Lord well, it behooves us to know and meditate on the promises of our faithful God. It is good for us to sing about the feast we will partake of in the house of Zion as we eat a long-awaited family dinner with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We should wait for the coming kingdom like a two-year-old who's waiting for birthday cake. Or a young couple that's waiting for their wedding day. Or an expectant mother who's waiting for her baby to get out of her womb. We do not wait for that which disappoints. We wait for a love and joy and unity that is beyond what we can ask or imagine. And as we fix our eyes on that kingdom and the righteousness of the risen king, all the worries and troubles are put into perspective. The burdens lighten ever so slightly because we know that though sorrow may last for the night, joy will come with the dawning of that glorious day. So yes, church, we can wait upon the Lord with a renewed strength because Christ is risen and his kingdom is coming. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Church, Lord be with the baby. Church, there was another promise Jesus made to those disciples. He ordered them to wait for the promise from the Father, to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of which, side note, I did not ask Charles and uh, Grandma Cindy to pray for that, so the Lord is speaking. Be prepared. When they would receive power to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. It is for our good for Christ to ascend to the Father, that the Helper, the Advocate, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit of God would come. Church, we need the sustaining gift of the Holy Spirit to give us strength to wait well for God's kingdom. The Spirit is God's presence with us here now, and it is by the Holy Spirit that our mouths can be opened and our lips declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Spirit shines light when we are in darkness, like the pillar of fire that led Israel through the wilderness by night. The Spirit leads us like the cloud by day and directs our paths. The Spirit unites us like the mortar that holds the bricks of this building together. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, held together by that Spirit poured out. 
And when we gather together in Jesus' name, whether our ears hear it or our eyes see it, there is still a mighty rushing wind that blows through us that breathes life into dry bones. There is still a fire that is lit above our heads and fanned into flame in our very hearts, sending our living sacrifices of worship to God in the heavenly throne room right now. And by the Spirit, there is power to stand against the forces of darkness and evil that we might shine the light of Christ to a world that so desperately needs to chase away the shadows. So church, if we want to wait upon the Lord well, we must rely on the power of the Spirit of God which dwells in us, his temple. Not just in you. Not just in me, dwelling in us, bound together as the one temple of the one body of Christ. That means we need each other too, church, because the Spirit speaks through us when we gather together. The Spirit does something incredible when we give to one another and when we break bread together. The Spirit is unable to unveil Christ before our very eyes. We need the Spirit of the living God to fall fresh on us, church, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And in that freedom, with the empowerment of God dwelling in us, the waiting itself can be freeing. So church, Christ is risen and the Spirit has been poured out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Last. As we look to Christ's ascension, as we look to his exaltation, his promise to prepare the kingdom, the pouring out of his Spirit, we hear the call of angels to stop just looking up to the sky and look to the mission at hand. Christ is risen, and right now we have good work to do. The disciples go to Jerusalem to wait upon the Lord, to wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they commit themselves to the ever-effective work of prayer. Church, the prayer of the righteous person has great power at its working. That's what the word says. Sometimes, as we look to the many ailments of the world still under the reign of sin and death, we feel powerless. We do not know what effect our two hands might have to alleviate the suffering of so many, and not just the faceless suffering of people far off, but the suffering of those we hold dearest to our hearts, the suffering of our children, the suffering of our families, the suffering of our communities, the suffering of our people. And even in the throne room, we see in Revelation, the saints cry out to God, how long, O Lord? But church, the Lord is not slow as we understand slowness. His timing is perfect, and the work he has given us to do, the work of turning over to him the trials of this present darkness, 
the work of committing into his hands the lives of those who are dying, the work of blessing his holy name and blessing our neighbor in his name is a powerful work. There is no more effective work than the work of prayer because in God alone is there power for healing. In God alone is there power to wait. In God alone is there power to transform communities, to heal nations, and to raise the dead. So church, be like the men and women who watched the Lord ascend to the Father. Put your head down and go get to the good work of praying. And watch as God does miraculous things. Let me take just a minute to testify to the power of prayer. Just last week, John Alitalo over there, anyone look at him? I just wanted to mess with you there. That's not in my notes. <laughs> Noted how many folks who had been held back from church for one reason or, or another have started walking back through those doors that we might be united by the Spirit as we worship God in unity once more. What's happening, he asked. The answer is, prayers are being answered. I told you all to start praying during Advent that God would bring his sheep back into the sheepfold. And God hears our prayers. And he has already begin, begun to answer them in his perfect timing. Church, there is more than one woman in this church who were unable to conceive babies, of which I am one, as you well know. And we prayed and babies were born, and children were adopted. Some of you have faced years of torment and affliction from illness, from addiction, from demons. We have prayed, and addictions have been broken, illnesses have been healed, and demons have been cast out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another year, the Spirit stirred in me the urgency to pray for debt relief, for jubilee for our community, and God canceled tens of thousands of dollars of debts for our members in countless miraculous ways. We have prayed for things as simple as kids to be potty trained. We have prayed for bodies to be restored. We have prayed for relationships to be healed, and God has done the work time and time again. We have prayed when this church had no means of provision but to trust in the Lord our God. And in surprising ways, God has always met our needs. There was one day, I took this out of my notes, but I'm putting it back in, <laughs> where it was early on in the revitalization, and there was maybe four adults in this sanctuary and I had been like holding out through some pretty difficult things of not feeling too anxious. And I looked out, it was a January, so it was cold. That played a part, but still. I looked out and I was like, we're done. Oh no. And, and that night, 
God woke me up in the middle of the night and pushed me to pray for $3,000, or yeah, no, for money. He, pray, he pushed me to pray that, that he would send money by 10 a.m. the next day. It was like audacious. And I felt a little, you know, as, is this how we approach the king of all glory, right? But God kept pushing me on to pray so boldly. And I kid you not, at 9 a.m. I checked my inbox and another pastor had sent me an email saying, there's a check in the mail. It will be there in a few days for $3,000 God just told us to give to the church. It doesn't mean we haven't struggled. We know that we have faced troubles. We know that we will face troubles. We have faced sorrows and disappointments. But through all of them, God has sustained us over and over. And we can take heart because though we will face troubles, Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Church, Christ has ascended to the right hand of the Father, and we can be confident in his power to answer our prayers because all things are under his feet. Can we call the kids up? We can be confident in his salvation because he is faithful, and his promised kingdom is coming. We can endure this long night because his spirit has been poured out to comfort and to guide us, his church, until the dawn breaks a new day. Surely, church, Christ is coming soon. So let's wait upon the Lord. Amen? I encourage you all to stand. Bio, can you come up? Next week is Pentecost, and the, the Spirit has already been poured out on the church. We're not waiting for him to do it. But in this time, as we await our celebration of Pentecost, pray that God stirs in you an expectation for his power to be manifested, not for our wallets and our glory, but for his glory and for the healing of his people and the nations. Trust that God wants to heal the sick. Trust that God wants to restore broken relationships. Trust that God wants to go out to those stinking, stubborn, lost sheep that we call children and drag them by the ears back to the sheepfold. Start praying with expectation that God is about to do something like we haven't seen, like we know is true, but we haven't seen yet. Because God is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine, church. Let's prepare our hearts.